With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's guest is Alejandro Gutierrez, the CEO of DeFactor. DeFactor is aiming to bridge the gap between DeFi liquidity and real-world asset originators. What that means is that they are acting as the middleman, the intelligent middleman, and the tokenized middleman to allow people in the real world to get loans and pay back loans originating from the crypto world. So people in crypto using decentralized finance or DeFi can borrow and lend money to each other. And DeFactor is taking on money from DeFi. They are screening uh, asset originators or lenders, people who are organizations who are lending money out, and they're effectively bridging that gap. They're taking money out of crypto and they're allowing people to lend it out to individuals or small businesses. We talk about the details of how they do what they do, but that's effectively what they are doing. Uh, it's a spinoff. It's a pivot from, or I should say it's a, a growth from his previous business, Console Freight, um, which achieved about seven and a half million in transactions. DeFactor has raised a couple million. Uh, they're a relatively small company, um, but really exciting conversation. And I hope you enjoy. Here is Alejandro Gutierrez. All right, Alejandro, I'm excited to chat with you. We're live and recording. Um, you run a company, you started a company along with some others called DeFactor. Uh, first off, would you call it a company now or would you call it something else? It's <laughs> a good question. Mike, thank you very much for, for the invite. We're extremely happy to be here. Um, well, look, so we have a DAO um, and the idea was just to set up this decentralized uh, company that uh, could help us to one um, grow an ecosystem and have a, a, a community. Um, but from, from other perspectives, yeah, you could potentially call that a company, right? So mm -hmm. it's the, the things, uh, just a mix of, of both probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me just, let's draw some lines around where you are. Uh, how, how long have you been operating this and then how do you measure traction? Is it by the number of, uh, uh, the market cap of the DAO, uh, the users, transactions, how, how would you give a sense of scale? Yeah, so the uh, factor, we started the factor more than a year ago. Uh, we did our token uh, sale in November last year. Uh, but we have been in the DeFi space for, for longer than that. And uh, we were uh, one of the first companies ever to do transactions with real world assets, right? Um, so from the traction point of view, it is, is, is a bit, um, and this is one of the things that is completely different from, from DAOs and, and, and holding a, a token or have that utility token, right? Because, um, it's about the perception and, and, and how the community is just uh, engaging with that token, right? Even though we have done, um, now we're close to a million or so dollars in transactions, right? That has been flown to, to our protocol. Um, we need to see, keep growing the community. So from, from the development on the company, yeah, I think we, we have traction. We uh, have been pushing uh, a lot of volume through it and that will keep growing. And our idea is that if we 
aren't um, kind of continuously uh, presenting this this type of um, improvement to to our to our community. Well, they are going to just keep holding the token and, and getting more and more interested. Gotcha. All right, so <clears throat> let's talk about uh, what exactly you tried. Your attempting to solve, not necessarily with the DAO, but at DeFactor. Is there, I know the the summary that I was able to find was DeFactor is a platform uh, that expedites the onboarding process for real-world assets in DeFi. It's a bridge between decentralized and traditional business. Uh, real-world assets can be turned into NFTs, and NFTs can be used to receive funding. That's all sounds a little high level. Is there a specific example or something that can really concretely define uh, what you've done or what you're trying to do? Yeah, definitely. I think the best way for people to understand the concept of the factor is just, is just telling you the, the, the story of how we, how we ended up here, right? Because that's probably the, the best way to explain this, this type of, of scenarios. So we had a company called Console Freight, right? And in Console Freight, um, we started providing digitization services for the logistics and supply chain industry. And look, it was going well. It was going fine. And then COVID had different plans. And when COVID hit, fine of nobody care about digitization and nobody care about uh, actually improving the current pro- processes of operational uh, setups, right? Because the number one priority for everybody was liquidity. And we realized about that quite quickly and chatting with our customers and the customer for our customers that are mainly importers or, or exporters, we realized that they have exactly the same issue, right? And it was liquidity. So we have been piloting uh, some financial uh, products, right? To offer to our customers as well, uh, especially on the trade finance space, right? And what we did was just um, kind of change the way that a uh, risk was mitigating the trade finance, right? In order to decrease barriers of entry, right? And bring these services to a lot of the SMEs that are out there that they, they cannot get a hand or they cannot get a hold to, to this type of liquidity, right? So with that, actually, uh, we started exploring. Uh, with the traditional financial sector and uh, we were not lucky whatsoever. And by just pure coincidence, we were presenting our our a case in a in a in a, a event in Vienna. And the guys from MakerDAO were there, right? By by pure luck, right? Because this was a purely traditional uh, event and, and they were there. Um so it was Gustav Arentov, right? That was one of the uh, at that point, one of the leads uh, from the sales point of view in, in, in Maker. And he said, look, guys, what you're doing is really interesting. You want to do a pilot with us? So I said, what? Yeah. So we are from Maker. We knew Maker, right? But we didn't have the understanding that they were actually just pursuing just bringing real-world assets at that point. And we did a pilot with them. And finally, we were one of the first companies to use MakerDAO's funds uh, to fund a transaction in the real world. And that was a transport um, invoice for, I think, I think it was $7,000 more or less from Miami to Texas, right? And from that point, actually, we say like, wow, this is a great opportunity. And we got involved with the guys from, from Centrifuge, right? That they are one of the leaders in the real world asset space. Console Freight, at the moment, uh, has placed more than almost thirty million dollars so far, and has put through more than five hundred assets. And at that point, we realized, I looked at there is something here, right? This is a huge opportunity, but the problem that we have is the operational burden in order to be extracting this liquidity from the DeFi space. Because well, DeFi is is fairly young, is is immature. Uh, UI UX is, is just only starting to to develop. So if you are bringing companies from the real world space, like a traditional financial companies, right, that are extremely interested about alternative sources of liquidity, the way that is a structure at the moment is not going to work, right? So what we say is like, look, what if we create that platform, right, that is going to help traditional or alternative financial companies to be tapping into that liquidity to provide alternative sources of funding to people, right? Because that's that's the need, right? That is quite clear. It happened for us, right? 
We were looking for that liquidity. We couldn't get it, but DeFi actually was our uh, source to prove that we have a business case and that we have a business there and it worked. So what if we, we, we give that opportunity to more companies, right? And by proxy providing liquidity to the end users, because I, I think that's, that's important. Um, as a stats, right? Like, a, yeah, definitely. So just to make sure I understand what you're saying. So you met the guys from MakerDAO at a conference. They said, Hey, let's partner. And specifically by partner, what, what went down was, uh, you have clients of yours that want money to run a business. Usually that business is around international trading of goods. That's, that's what you were doing yep. at Console yep. Freight. So Console Freight right. lends money. Yeah. You charge an interest rate, yeah. people pay you back and you make yeah. money off the interest rate. And then you said, yeah. what, well, where's, where's your source of funds? Where's console rate source of funds? Let's, let's take a loan out from DeFi. And that's where you said, in order to fund the money that we give to businesses, we're going to take it from MakerDAO. So you were, in that sense, a bridge. You were taking money from decentralized world and then lending it in the traditional finance world. That's it. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's pretty well summarized, right? And when we move from, from Maker, we, we move into the pools that uh, Centrifuge had been provided, right? And we were the first um, a pool in Centrifuge and has been the longest uh, a real world asset in Centrifuge that that's console freight, right? And that's how the whole idea came. So the, the important component, right, is how we can make, as I say, like a, bring more of these console freights of the world and just bridge them into the DeFi, right? Because it's, it's, a, it's an interesting alternative way to provide liquidity, right? It's, it's a huge opportunity. Where we, you have a, you want to go for a mic? I was going to ask you, what's what's the alternative? What were you doing previous? What, what was the standard uh, previously? So if you didn't take it from the crypto world, where would you get money from? Banks? Yeah, you get you get it from from banks. You can get it from um, a family offices. You can get it from uh, investment funds, right? The problem with those with that type of liquidity is it has so certain limitations, right? When you are grabbing, it, it's not as flexible, mm. right? The way that they have to mitigate risk is pretty standardized, and in a way, it's a cookie cutter. But cookie cutters actually don't don't provide coverage for everybody, and that's what we are seeing. And, and that's probably what, what we believe that DeFi can, can provide an alternative. What we believe in the factor to do in the future, right, is to kind of change the way financial structures are set up, right? Why? Because if you are analyzing risk in a completely different manner, right, and in a less traditional way, you're going to be providing financial services to some industries that at the moment are not really covered. And one example of this is, for example, whiskey. Whiskey industry is setting in a lot of illiquid assets at the moment that can be fully liquid because the value is, is huge. Irish whiskey is growing, I think it's around 300% year on year uh, from sales around the world, meaning that every single cast of whiskey is extremely valuable. But the problem is like financial institutions at the moment don't know how to mitigate that risk. And what we are trying to do with the factory is just that, finding companies that can do it. We did a pilot with a, with a, a small distillery in Ireland Right. And we were able actually to provide funding to this distillery in Ireland um, using those casks as collateral. So we tokenized those casks. We took those, those casks under, under, under our uh, control and we lent money. Right. And then 90 days after, 120 days after, uh, they repay and those, those casks are, are back to them. Right. So it's, it's just using that alternative that assets are valuable. If you know how to mitigate risk uh, and how to provide those financial services, right? Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. And so the the purpose of this middle company, DeFactor, is to do what it normally does, which is lend out money <clears throat> to all sorts of different businesses, uh, and effectively verify. So, is the primary so, business on the regulatory side? No. So, DeFactor is not providing financial services, right? De facto wants to bring the companies that are providing the financial services and give them all the tools to tap into the DeFi space, right? Okay. For example, on ramp of ramp of fiat, that is, is, is a really tricky thing at the moment. All the reconciliation piece, because you're going to be moving 
fiat, crypto, and potentially fees in some of these um, uh, protocols. And the tokenization fees as well, because the way that it works is these companies are bringing assets, right? And those assets are real world assets that need to be tokenized. And those NFTs are going to be locked in liquidity pools, right? In order to be extracting that liquidity. And then when you repay, well, those NFTs are going back to the owner in a way. Mm. So what we're trying to do at the moment is just onboarding these financial institutions, you can call them, or financial providers, right? And what we do is a stream, like really a stream due diligence on them, their processes, how they're mitigating risk, their experience, not only as a company, but also as individuals at the team, because there are a lot of companies that have two, three years, but the experience they have behind can be more than 50 in different spaces, especially in the, on the financial space. So we are assessing risk in a completely manner, different manner, right? In order to onboard these guys. And what we want to do on the other side is just bring in these investors that say, look, you know, real world assets pretty well. You know how they behave, right? So what if you spread a little bit your portfolio and the risk on that portfolio? And instead of investing a lot of your money in digital assets only, well, you just take a, a bond into real world assets that are a little bit more stable. They don't have the same yield, that's for sure, but the risk mitigation for the portfolios as well is, is something beneficial, plus getting tokens as rewards for, for that investment. So I think it's an important and attractive uh, proposition for, for everybody that is in the ecosystem, right? D- does the end experience for uh, an individual or a business who's receiving that loan change? So there's a company that's issuing the loan, that we'll call them the lender, and then there's the Correct. person who is receiving the money, uh, that that process has been in place for a long, long time, and you don't want to change that. You want to change the, sor- the source of funds for the lender. <clears throat> does the experience for the lender, how does the experience for the lender change? Do they get tokens when they issue loans for? No, at all, actually. They get fiat. Okay. Unless unless they want to receive the stable coins, mm. right? But, uh, that, that will depend as well on, on how savvy uh, the companies are, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea is for them to use tap exactly the same as they tap into traditional phase. So if they, they are providing fiat to their customers, they will be receiving fiat as well. So That's in awesome. that sense, it's, it's not going to be any change whatsoever. And so why build the DAO? What, what's, what purpose does that serve? Yeah, multiple components, right? Uh, one, I think creating that ecosystem and that community, I think is important, right? And second one is that allow, will allow you to have a token sale. And that's a great uh, source of funding a project, especially the one that we're going to be in the middle of DeFi. Uh, it, it makes perfect sense and you will have some, some traction with it. In the last 10 years, over $100 billion worth of crypto has been lost or stolen specifically because of poor key management, scams, and hackers. Forget not your keys, not your crypto. Software and hardware wallets have both the same vulnerability, that a single private key can be lost, hacked, or simply just misplaced. My new sponsor, the Zengo Crypto Wallet, is a total game changer, bringing wallet security to a whole new level. You have to check out Zengo, an on-chain crypto wallet with no private key vulnerability, leveraging advanced cryptography called MPC, which has, just until now, only been available to multi-billion dollar institutions. So Zengo, most secure Web3 wallet, is the best place to keep your crypto, NFTs, and assets secured. It's also fully recoverable using their biometric recovery system, and it's also just beautiful. Get started at Zengo.com and use code ATC to get $20 back on your first purchase of $200 or more. That's Zengo.com, code ATC for $20 back on your purchase of 200 or more. And um, with the community, be, what's the community? The community is the community of lenders are all, all talking together on Discord or Telegram? Like, what is that? So it, it is, so we, we have three different, um, how to call it, profiles, right, in that community. One is, is the lenders, right? The guys that are going to be kind of using the, the services, per se. The second one is the investors. Right, that they had, they will be getting rewards in, in tokens, and they are going to be a big source of, uh, or it will be kind of the engine, right, for for this to happen. Uh, and the third one is the the people that are holding tokens, right, without being one or the other, 
I, and you always need that. You need, you always need that community. You always need people that are trading the token, especially when the projects are, are, are starting, right? Because you are not going to have, let's say, 10 asset originators that are being constantly in need of tokens. So you what? need the people that are believing in the project and I'm going to asset originators. Oh, asset originators. Financial companies. Right, right, right. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, you, you need, you need these people that believe in the project, the people that are holding tokens, uh, that are trading the trade. People are trading that they're important, right? They create volume and they see opportunity. So mm. that's kind of the three different profiles that, that we have. And so by having the token, uh, I'm trying, so flow of funds would be, say, MakerDAO or some, some liquidity pools, your original source of funds. So people put money in there, you take it out there at whatever the market interest rates are, and then yep. you'll go and lend that money to the lenders who then make the decisions on how to distribute those funds to, to individuals or businesses. Uh, the, the token that you've minted, the purpose of that is not for the purposes of liquidity. Is it, is it standalone from what you're doing or, or is there integration to the current flow of funds or I'm trying to understand that piece better. Yeah, so the, the utility of the token basically is one uh, to provide access to the mm -hmm. to the to the company, and so meaning that if you want to just get access into the ecosystem, access to to these to these uh, uh, funds, you need to stake tokens, right? And the staking component comes as um, it, it comes as as a way uh, for these uh, financial companies to say that they have a scheme in the game as well. Meaning that if there is a first loss, those staked stake, uh, tokens will be the first ones to, to, to be liquidated, right? Because what we want to do in the ecosystem is everybody that is participating will have a skin in the game, right? So you have investors, they have a skin in the game. You have these financial companies or asset originators, they have a skin in the game. And of course, the end uh, customers uh, will have a skin in the game. And at ourselves as well, right? Because if something goes wrong, <laughs> well, mm -hmm. the fairness are going to be to be putting the face in there. So, so that utility token serves serves that purpose. That's that's one of the first ones, and and the main one for for asset renators and investors. Then it serves as the rewards for everybody that is doing things well in the ecosystem. So, if you are an asset renator uh, and you are pushing a good um, uh, transactions, you are going to get uh, tokens as as, as rewards. Same for the investors, right? Uh, or any other participant, right? That is coming with good ideas, right? Mm. Then the governance piece as is a standard one, right? Uh, if you have, if you're holding tokens, so you are going to be able to provide some guidance on what the project is going. For example, what are going to be the next asset class that is going to be onboarded as part of, of the factor, right? Or, how we should split um, um, the rewards or components like that 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 will be providing some some good uh, or a path right of where the project is going to be heading. Um, and then you have staking as well that is just a standard, but that's 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 other ones. We're working in more utility at the moment for that token, and we'll be communicating that. Like uh, we believe that the more utility the token has, well the better is going to be for the community and uh, people are going to get more and more engaged with the token. Right? Yeah. Now, could they be run separate? I mean, could you have not created the token and still have a functioning business? And then the token serves as a, a method of communication. If people can stake, they can email you or telegram you and say, hey, I'd like this feature and you take them more seriously. Uh, yeah, and that seems like is am I correct to understand that they're they're separate? Would you almost call them like separate projects under the same roof? They're not intertwined uh, by necessity, right? No, look, I I believe I believe right that uh, you could have a company like this that is fully centralized. That there is no doubt you you can run something like that that is fully decentralized. But after us seeing the benefits of decentralization, especially from the point of democratization of funds. We we believe that at some point, the whole process should be fully decentralized, right? Mm 
Mm. We are not there yet. At some point, we're hoping to be there. And the idea will be to create a good framework that will allow us to just run full risk assessment and define if a met- like a risk assessment methodology is good, just running on different nodes and decentralized uh, or, or different uh, and oracles that will allow us to just take decisions by, by smart contracts. Are we there yet? No, we are not, right? But that probably will be the best way to structure it. But we need to start some, somehow, yeah. sorry, somewhere. And we believe this, this is the a first step. And the idea is just, just keep moving towards that direction, right? Totally. Uh, is the DAO separate from the token or, or are they the same and inter? No, no, it's, yeah. No, it is the same. So the, 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 okay. the token is, uh, is, is a token that has been issued by the DAO. So it's a utility token of the DAO. Gotcha. Uh, help me understand, like I'm new to crypto, that you have da- the DAO and then you have the token. The token, I think people are more familiar with the concept. You've minted a token, you have a white paper that explains the distribution, the benefits of staking, uh, who has the ultimate control, how voting works, um, what percentage the founders hold on to or investors and that kind of thing. Then the DAO is a separate thing. So the DAO is not a token, but it's a uh, decentralized organization. How did you create the DAO? And and how is it organized now? Yeah, so they are completely linked one to the other, right? So the, the, the token is uh say it's kind of the 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 native token for the DAO, right? And the way that the DAO is structured is um th- there's there's no shareholders in a DAO, right? Um there are people that are belonging to uh to a board, right? And the board kind of takes uh, some decisions that uh will be giving mandates to people to be operating, right? So for example there's a board and that board is giving me a mandate to action X, Y, Z, and I'm going to be operating under that mandate, right? But like a, in the beginning, DAOs need to set up some structure, right? For the future, being able to use full or have a full decentralization, a full governance that everybody can come and just give them saying, right? So if we go into the case of MakerDAO, right? When MakerDAO started, they were not a full DAO per se, right? They have an association and they have a foundation, right? And what happened is the foundation is kind of protecting, right? That that association is heading to the right way until the whole community is prepared to just kind of take that uh, responsibility from the foundation. And then when 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 the foundation uh, sees that that responsibility is is or is taken by the community, well, they can just disappear. And that's exactly what happened in 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 Maker. But if we go there, Maker has been, what, like a five, six years. Uh, they only remove the foundation, I think, probably 18 months ago. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's learning from them, right? Yeah, that seems to be so, the trajectory. I think it's the, you know, uh, I think it's pr- that process. And that process that can take time. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, I guess to emulate nature would be there's a seed, there's a place where you start that contains the information that would be like, hey, we're going to raise money, we're going to start an LLC, we're going to launch just as if we were a perfectly normal company. But then we are going to build the token, we're going to build the the decentralized access mechanism is how I think of it. And then people buy into that. And that separately grows. And eventually, we shrink our LLC, the sheet, the seed shrinks, and then pff, the, the flower grows, the, 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 the DAO grows or the token grows. And then the foundation I view as still a method of centralized resource allocation. So the, the foundation is like, Hey, we benefited tremendously financially from this DAO, you know, 10% went to the founders or 10% went to the foundation. So they spread that money really just trying to further accelerate growth of the the DAO. So things like, hey, we're going to invest in, uh, give money away to people who are building apps or layer two on top of our layer one, uh, try to continue to accelerate growth. Um, M- marketing is another one that is extremely important as well, because people people tend to forget something. And is that even though it's a DAO, 
there's, there's people behind doing all these tasks, right? And in order to move that machine, you need money. And operationally, you need money to just be able to pay salaries, to pay agencies, uh, to pay other projects that are working with you and collaborating. So, so it's needed. That money needs to come from, from, from some place. And in the beginning, somebody needs to use that, that, that allocation of funds, right? Um, so it, it's interesting. I think we are seeing more and more, uh, cases on how DAOs can, can be a way to solve. Um, a lot of the, the red tape and burden that is happening mm. uh, in traditional companies, but, but we are far. I think, I think we're far to seeing a, a perfect DAO. Doesn't exist. I, I was reading an interesting, uh, book last time uh, where someone was mentioning about how, uh, from the anthropological point of view, humans, we are wired to lead or, or to be leaders. Right. And there is an interesting concept in the DAO, right? Because for everything to work properly, everybody needs to be a leader in a way, right? You need to just cast your vote. You need to be vocal. You need to just be in the front foot, just making sure that, that the DAO is taking the, 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 the path, right? Or, or the right, the right decisions. Right. But if you are happy just to be in the in the back seat and and and, and waiting there for somebody else to take the decision, well, there's not going to make much difference, right? Uh, compared to a centralized organization. Yeah, I so mean, I think there's a lot of education that needs to be put. By parallel, that's similar to how a democracy works, right? There's the power invested to every individual in the network or in a democracy and they can cast a vote literally and if they don't cast a vote that that by proxy means other people who do cast votes uh count more you know if only half the population votes well then the people that do vote count for two because their their votes are more influential so if everyone's in the back seat then you know we better be damn sure the people who do vote know what they're doing otherwise the ship's off course Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, definitely. Look at it. It's, it's super interesting, right? But, but as I say, I think we, we are just in the beginning of this. How, so how did you, you went from this concept, you know, previously you weren't even in crypto, met the folks in MakerDAO, said we want to make a token ourselves and construct the DAO. What did you do? How, was there a tool out there? Is there some team you hired? How, how did you practically get this up and running? Yeah, we, we have the, the, the log, right? To, to have, well, good contacts in the crypto space. And some of our founders, uh, they, they have been working, uh, on the, um, or facilitating, right? Uh, companies to, to create, uh, or to define token, token sales, right? Uh, and without, without, uh, that knowledge, I think it would have been uh, really difficult. If you ask me comparing this to a traditional way of raising funds, it's just completely different. It's just um, beyond comprehension, especially yeah. in the beginning. I still remember the first time that I did an, an AMA and um, say, what is this concept? Like, it's just so different, right? And just being there in Telegram, just answering, answering questions and so on. And then I remember, because you know, like uh, how AMAs are, are structured that you have like, okay, questions, that they ask you from, well, like they send you these questions and you have the Twitter questions and then you have everybody just asking you questions. And I remember <laughs> we needed to select five questions from 30,000 questions, right? And you are like, wow, what is this, right? <laughs> so, and we were doing these things every single week, right? Just to, just to create, create uh, some interest name from the brand, interest, just getting people on board and all that. And it's so different, right? It's extremely difficult. And navigating through all that is different and it's hard because there is so much noise. So it's hard to pay attention to what is, is real and what is not and defining, right? What, what are the key components I need to be taking out of it? So it, it was hard. Same as when you are just uh, dealing with investors, it's, it's completely different. Like I'm, I'm more like 18 months ago, was completely different thing that, that what is happening right now. We're seeing more t- um, traditional investors coming into the into the crypto space, and we're seeing more and more t- refined investors, right? That are t- yeah um, starting 
but I mean, the operations. Let me, let me ask you this. I want to make sure I, I clearly understand. So one of the first things you did was AMAs. You created a Telegram group. You created a Discord channel. Uh, yeah. You said, hey, we're going to do something. Discord was after. Yeah, Discord was after. How, how did you launch the token? It, was there a service, a platform, uh, an agency you hired to help build? How did you actually get it up and running? Yeah, so we did an IDO, we did two IDOs, and then we did a fair launch, and we used Copper. An IDO? And yeah, IDOs. What's an IDO stand for? So basically, um, well... Initial, it's not an ICO, initial coin well, offering. Initial, uh, yeah, um, initial something offering. <laughs> well, I went blank, huh? Yeah. IDO initial so, yeah, so basically are the ones Dex, right initial Dex, Dex offering. yes yeah yes that's it so they are the ones that are, that are uh, offered by by uh, the launch packs right so you have the guys from uh, for example Mantra Dao we have the guys from uh, Paul Castater you have those guys right mm-hmm. and basically you have some communities and they help you with uh, with with marketing and just getting some traction as well gotcha. Uh, so you allocate a small chunk of tokens to those communities uh, and and that kind of helps right just for the community to just be more aware bring more people into the project and so on what were those and again they actually we went into into can you name those two again sorry can you name those two again those communities that so you have mantra dao you have yeah ma- we we did mantra dao and we did uh a polka bridge Polka Rich. But I say you have you have more of those companies. Yeah, like I have Polka Starter. Uh, you have um, Dow Maker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are multiple. And these are communities communities uh, of people who get together, and effectively, it's a platform of awareness. So they're not offering you technology as much as they're offering you uh, a people in awareness, right? No, no, they are not. They're not. Uh, and then what we did was a fair launch and we went to, to copper. Copper? Yeah. So copper launch one. Yeah. Got uh, are you aware or do you know copper? I have, I am familiar with it, but I, I like to explain it just so everyone is aware. The copper helps you launch your token. So you enter in everything you need to. How technical is that process? Is, is, um, I think it's easy enough. They make it easy enough, right? For someone that doesn't have a huge tech background to do it. I think the most important component there will be about your knowledge on token economics and uh, the requirements for those tokens, right? Because you are raising liquidity. So you need to just understand pretty well where will be the points at which you're going to be selling your token, right? And, uh, times and the distributions and things like that, right? And, and that's critical. Uh, we needed uh, we needed um, uh, good advice and finally the guys from 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 token uh, from copper sorry they they were extremely helpful for it. Uh, and one of the co-founders that we have uh, they specialize on it. So uh, without without that would have been a state. Oh, interesting. And did the, it, and their model similar to the others you mentioned is that they take a percentage of the. No. Oh, uh, yeah, co- yeah. Copper is a uh, thing. It's a percentage mm-hmm. out of it, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the way it works. The guys from the IDOs and uh, usually use allocate some tokens to them. Mm. That is uh, a bit a bit different. Yeah, in, in that sense, um, and that's the thing. Like uh, that's that's another component that, from the token point of view, for a, for a project that is starting, well, the token can help you as well if you don't have enough cash. You can navigate and use those tokens, right? Uh, as a as a as, as a compensation mm. and w- what limiting your cash flow that is important. Yeah, and what did you learn through the experience? What would you have done differently? Do you feel like the variables that you set, either the, the initial the offering, um, uh, it looks like the launch was in November of last year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, w- w- anything you would have done differently in hindsight? So many things. <laughs> so many things. See, <laughs> look, you see, like I've, like, and now I'm, I'm reflecting on it and it's like, wow, 
Uh, it was, it, look, it was extremely hard. It was extremely difficult. One of the components that I will say is um, uh, we kind of believe that the token uh, sale, right, of, of that TGE, when, you're, when, you, when that token goes public, you cannot believe that that's the pinnacle out of that process. And you quickly realize that, that it, there's so much more like the mountain that's just a little bit of the peak and what is coming after <laughs> is, is even a higher mountain, right? So I think you need to prepare for, for that and just having as a milestone, but whatever is coming after is, is, is equally as hard, right? Like I'm maintaining that pressure, the community, just how to deal with the community because you, things not always go 100% or they go well, which means that you need to just make, or you need to just be aware that the community might, might be might be pissed off with you. So you need to just reassure them and, and work on it. Uh, have a lot of marketing behind that is helping you as well just to communicate what you're going to be doing, how you're going to do it. Um, and, and all those things, like from our perspective, could have been better, right? Mm -hmm. They don't talk in economics as well. There, there are a lot of things that you would be learning that, oh, well, we probably should have been doing that. But at that point, we believe that um, there was probably a structure. And um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What specifically did you feel like uh, on the marketing side, you said, uh, there was, you'd have to be prepared for backlash or people being upset. Was there a decision that you guys made where people weren't fond of the outcome? Um, yeah, no, look, th there was a component that, uh, I think we were victims of our own success because our token uh, sale did extremely well and the price went way above where we would have been expected ever. Um, as you know, like a copper, that's a, a reverse uh, Dutch auction. And we have been telling people all the time, please don't buy, don't buy at the beginning. Just let, let the, the price just drop. And, uh, when, when it's stable at that point, or when you believe that the token has the price that you believe that you can pay or you would pay. So you go at that point. And unfortunately, people didn't go for it. So the price in, increases straight away and, um, and that didn't help, right? So our price ended up being probably four or five times what we expected. Uh, and when it goes into, into, into what, into, uh, into the public, well, it has to be a drop, right? Because people are going to be just taking advantage of how quickly that price uh, went up. And unfortunately, even if you put tons of liquidity, uh, it's impossible to just maintain that, that price because it's, it's based on, on nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so that definitely will just give you a backlash, right? And yeah. Wh wh why did that happen? So is, there, works and operates. is there a large number of people who just buy the buy coins as soon as they launch and try to ramp them up? Or w what are the mechanisms behind that ramp up, do you think, that you guys got caught up in? Yeah. How do people benefit from as, that? As you say, like other people that just, yeah, buying, buying cheap and selling, selling to a higher. And it's normally that people are getting dumped on, right? Mm. And that's a cycle, right? People get dumped on and somebody buys and then if they have a chance to dump on, that's it. And it's funny because we have a lot of people from the community that, that they were really uh, discontent. With the fact that well they bought a token that was too high and, and it dropped dramatically but there were some other ones that made money out of these uh, fluctuations right and uh, they were extremely happy they were clearly not communicating that <laughs> in the community right <laughs> but uh but internally uh, we had them right and there was a lot of people that were saying oh guys you did extremely well congratulations and so on so it was kind of bittersweet in a way the other thing is like are we raising enough money to make the project um strong uh, to build whatever we want to build right and that feels as well in a, in a way that 
uh, bittersweet, right? Because the idea will be that everybody is happy because of, of the, the achievement on the project. But you understand that people are putting money and nobody likes to lose money. Yeah. Right. So what we are trying to do, right, is, is working as hard as we can just to bring that, that token price back up and, uh, just, um, have all the people that were discontent, uh, back again and, and, and help us to push the party up. Yeah. It seems like the, the substance or the reason why people were not happy was nothing to do with what you guys were actually deploying or building, but just purely the rate and volatility of the price of the token, which is, you know, almost entirely out of your control once you, once you launch the rocket. Uh, it, it sounds like you were telling people not to buy in the first place to slow the price jump. Uh, did you, how do you allocate money internally? Is there a percentage of the token that every month you'll pull off and pay salaries or, how did you guys decide on uh, the mechanism no. for paying yourself? Yeah, it, no, it is it is uh, based off of what we raised, right? So why not uh, using the token for anything? Um, there are a lot of claims about ah, look, the the what the co-founders are dumping the tokens. We don't even have access to those tokens. Like uh, we are fully vested until eighteen months, and then from there is another eighteen months. So we're not going to be seeing anything from it, right? Like. What we're doing now is just uh, uh, with the funds that we raise. So that's how we're building the whole structure, just building tech, building marketing, getting operational team on board. And we are just uh, doing some key hires at the moment. So like the, the team is, is getting stronger and stronger. Um, and and all that money is, uh, is coming from, from the token sale, right? Like, uh, Mm-hmm. It's not that we are in the Bahamas, it's not that <laughs> we are in the Caribbean spending these funds, right? Like, uh, as people like to believe, like, look, I, I wish at some point we can, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Like, uh, we're, we're fully present. You can see us everywhere. Like, uh, we, we were in, in Paris two weeks ago for the, for the NFT. And we were part of the panel, one of the panels in NFT day over there. Like, uh, we'll be everywhere, right? Like, uh, and, and, that tells you, like, uh, if the people are disappearing and they are not doing anything, well, fine enough, right? And, and and you can give me a lot of sick. But when you are seeing teams that are working, there's people coming on board. Like, there is an effort. There is a huge effort happening. So, yep. look, I think, unfortunately, what I see in the crypto space, there is this kind of short mentality, right? And people believe that they are going to be millionaires out of investing Two thousand, three thousand dollars, right, in projects, and it could have been that ten years ago people did it. At the moment, uh, I think that's that's just a false expectation, right? And and we need to be realistic on right on what projects can achieve or not, right? I said, yeah, could it have been better, or we couldn't have structured things better. Yeah, it could have been right, but at the end of the day, when you have when when you have this type of of uh, cases, right? But there are a lot of mixes on it. Uh, I, I don't know if, if at the end of the day the result would have been any better. Yeah, yeah. There's a, sounds like there's just a lot of different so factors, one, and you don't know how things are to, to now. And so much of crypto were, is timing, <laughs> right? The, yeah, it, indeed. Uh, and there were some other cases there. The way we got shielded by by a by a by a. Um, but uh, by uh, a YouTuber as well. Oh, nice. And uh, that thing just made the whole price explode even further, right? <laughs> but fine, no, we, we didn't have any contact with, with him, right? Like uh, he just mentioned, didn't even mention a name, right? He said, look, there are these guys that are launching a token, blah, blah, blah. In, important, opportunity, interesting. And that just make it even worse, right? Wow. And for us, it's like, a, wow, okay, great. But at the same time, you're feeling like, okay, uh, what is going to happen yeah. next? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say there, there are multiple things that that they got together, right? And uh, well, yeah, good. Run with it. I mean, look, you guys are only six months into it, so I think there's there's only so much retrospective uh, looking back you can do. You're really on the, you know, the cool. two yard line going out. Uh, w- w- going forward, you got how many people are on the team now? How many people are working full time or at least part time? Yeah, so. Full time, we have at the moment eight, nine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, included the part time, it will be twenty. And ha- so, and and the numbers are are 
going to grow dramatically in the next uh, few months. And wh- what's the fo- the focus of the business? How you guys communicate internally is capital d- deployed into these lenders. Is that kind of the center of the bullseye KPI? Yeah, co- yeah, correct, correct. And that's one of the things. Fine that you mentioned this. Uh, one of the components that we want to change, especially for the real world asset space, that like you have matrix like like TVL, right? That is a total value lock. For us, total value lock is important, but but it's not a key metric. For us, as you say, is the funds deploy, right? Because the more funds are deployed, right, that means that you are providing more liquidity to to users, right? Uh, to SMEs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's a key component, right? Like having a pool that has 80 million. Yeah, that's great. That's important because that that determines in a way like a, how much money you are able to place. But the fact that you're able to to rotate that fund, right, or that pool of capital five times in a year, that means that you are providing $400 million in liquidity, right? And that's interesting. Can you say that right? again? So in order to provide $400 million of liquidity, you turn over... One hundred million for okay, you can rotate that pool, yeah, because you have a pool of fifty million, right? But you are able to rotate that that pool five times, meaning that you have five cycles. Somebody takes the money and repays it, and then you lend it again, and then they repay, and then they lend it again, and then they repay, right? So that that allows more people to be using the same amount of money or that that same pool, right? And it's going to be providing more liquidity in the long in the long run. Got it. You could be able to use. That that eighty million, and lend it once in a year. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But instead of that, you are going to be just rotating that. Yeah, and it's interesting. You're going to be able to just provide more liquidity to more people. It, in that, so when I think of the the revenue, the the revenue that you would make as a company is going to be based on the interest rates. So the interest rate that you're going to charge to the lenders is going to be higher than what you borrow, obviously. The number of times that you go through that cycle, I don't understand how that matters because wouldn't the interest rate be charged on a you know, per day basis on average? So it's like whether that comes in and out five times a year or 10 or one, still it's how many, how much money is, is out there in the market with you making interest rate on it. Is that the right way to think about it? Uh, no, look, correct, right? Like, because it's, it's, uh, well, it depends. It depends on 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 the component. Like, if uh, it depends on the asset class, but also it depends on the, um, the negotiation they have with the with the with the what with the with the asset originators. Because there are some asset originators that are going to just have really short uh, time frames for for these loans, meaning that minimum that you are going to be lending the money would be probably fifteen days or whatever they are doing before. Those fifteen days, they will be paying fifteen days anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that just to provide some decent return for investors as well, right? Like, for example, if you take funds and then you're repaying two days after, what well, doesn't make much sense? You need to have at least a set time that these guys are going to be just using the funds for, right? Because there, there is still some operational uh, fee that you need to pay for. I see. But going back into into the interest, into the interest, right? Like, uh, yeah. It, it probably will be the same for us, right? But when you are thinking about the use or um, how this liquidity can help the final user, that is different because you are going to be able to cover way more people potentially, and that's interesting. You'd be, right? you'd be you when you say Instead the word of, you, you mean uh, defactor is able to lend more money out to more people. Gotcha. Correct. Uh, and is that who takes the risk there? Say I borrow money from a lender and that lender gets it from DeFactor, who gets it from MakerDAO or wherever. You, if I don't pay it back, is, investor, yeah. is DeFactor ever at risk or is it pretty much the, the lender is going to be the one? No, yeah, we, no, definitely we, we do it. Everybody does, right? And that's, and that's right that I was mentioning that concept of redistribution of risk in the ecosystem mm-hmm. that doesn't happen at the moment in the in the traditional space huh? because in the traditional space not everybody has a skin on the game uh, and and that's one of the things that we believe that if i can change right? like uh, you have a lot of players in the traditional space that are going to get paid regardless of the outcome of what they're doing mm-hmm. they lost your money 
they get paid anyway. And they're going to charge you a fee, right? In, in, in decentralized space, like in MakerDAO, because there's collateral? No, 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 no. That's, that's in the traditional space. Oh, okay. in the traditional space. Right in the traditional space. Now, what we are proposing is, like, I look from the, from the uh, investor perspective, well, they are putting the money. So they, they, they have skin in the game. Then the asset originator or the, or the, the lender, right? These guys, they need to stake tokens that if there is a default, they are going to be the first loss. So they have something in there that if it doesn't go well, they're going to be just losing those tokens, right? And then the final, the final user, well, if they don't repay, well, they have a lot of stake, right? Because they will be like, yeah, the lender will be coming after. Right, right, right. But upstream, everybody has something to lose. It sounds like, uh, the, the person who's receiving the funds, you know, if they don't pay back, then it's like debt collectors, people are going to be harassing them. But upstream from that, whether it's the lenders, whether it's de facto, or MakerDAO, we'll say, yep. each one of those three players, the lender has uh, cryptocurrency that's staked. Uh, de facto, you guys can't default on the debt because you have to have uh, crypto staked in the DeFi, right? I mean, that's kind of the core pillar of how DeFi works is you have to stake crypto in yeah. order to take a loan out. Um. Well, remember, this is what we're talking about real world assets, right? So it's different. What we're staking is the real world asset, right? Per se. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that, that's a bit different in that sense, and it's just um, having control of that asset in a way. That's that's the big difference between the digital side and the real world asset side. So, so for ex- like you were saying, you you were asking me about the risk from the fact. Well, there are multiple components there, right? Because there is a default. That's going to impact investors, right? If investors are going to be impacted, well, they may be lose co- losing confidence. But the other component is that the price of the token is going to suffer as well. Mm-hmm. The- and if the price of the token is at stake, means that we're going to be just accountable as well. Okay. Uh, when you say the token, you mean the de facto token and the, the de facto token. Correct. An example of what you're talking about is if a lender who borrows money from de facto to give it out to somebody else, if that lender does not pay it back, then what happens? It's taken, if they have money, they have uh, de facto token staked, so they would lose out on those it, those stake tokens. Yeah, and it depends of, of the size as well. It will, it will depend on the size of, of, of the default, right? The default is, is not that big. So yeah, like uh, those tokens will be taken and they will be used to repay that debt. And uh, if there is something that has not been paid, so it will go into, um, junior trench and you will take a chunk from that junior trench. I see. To be repaying the debt. Is it, is it usually a hundred percent? So you have to stake a hundred, hundred percent or 90% or some percentage of what you borrow? No, a, a percentage of what you borrow and it will be d- depending on, on every single characteristic. But just to, to give some sort of sense, it will be 15% and it will be 5% in, in factor tokens and 10% in fiat or stable coins. Okay. Okay. So you would stake uh, 15% in factor and then 10% in fiat and then you'd be able to take out... So it's... Five percent in factor, ten percent. Oh, five percent. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And are, how much of this are you still um, iterating on versus like proven model marching forward? Is it is it? No, no. Yeah, we're just in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, this, this, this has ha- had a, a good reception, right? But the fact is, we we are thinking of what is next and next is is uh, probably a matrix between staking tokens interest rates that are being, going to be getting right and, and risk exposure mm. and when you have all that dynamic set that's that's when it started getting interesting right because you have models like for example nexo you know nexo that that when you are putting your tokens they say hey, look if the, um, you put five percent in nexo tokens i'm going to give you better t- uh, a yield uh, on Bitcoin or USDC yeah. or whatever. So then it's starting just playing that, that uh, dynamic, uh, 
bandwidth and that's that's when it's starting getting interested but for that well there needs to be a lot of coding behind as well with nexo and yeah. uh that's that's what we are we're working towards right what do you think of nexo what's your yeah, like that's that's what we're trying to be to work in look i i think i think serves the purpose i i i think it's a great concept and I like it, mm. to be honest. Mm. I like it. I use it. Yeah. I personally I use it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, there are some options that are probably less centralized. And, and yeah, I think they have their purpose as well. There are some other ones that are even more centralized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like um, what? Coinbase? How oh, like it? You can do Coinbase yeah. as well, or you will have to. Um, I forgot, I forgot the other one. That There's another one called uh, Celsius. Celsius. Celsius is the how you use it. It's interesting concept as well. Huh? Yeah, very similar to um, Nexo. Nexo. BlockFi. BlockFi. Was the other one that I was talking uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I think it will be serving purposes for things like a, I believe that you have a strategy from, from Yield. Probably you need to have a little bit of each of those ones, right? Yeah. To mitigate risk and, and and just have it in a in a space that you are comfortable with. Yeah, Alejandro, I, I feel like our time flew by. Let me ask you: Are you writing publicly, tweeting, blogging? Uh, any personal yeah. links you wanted to share or references? Yeah, look, we are fairly active on on, on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn as well, um, blog. We have our own blogging. Is this is it? So, oh, how about you personally? Do you do you are you on any socials? Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Twitter, mm-hmm. Uh, those two are my my main ones. Um, Medium as well, but yeah, like if you want to follow what I'm doing and what the factor is doing, is uh, LinkedIn and and Twitter. Those two are the, the main ones. Sweet. Anything else you want to throw out there? People that you've learned from or have helped you or projects? You mentioned MakerDAO and you mentioned. Uh, copper and Nexo. Are there other people or projects? Centrifuge. Centrifuge, yeah. Big, big, big shout, big shout to guys, Centrifuge. Um, yeah, definitely have been a, a great support, uh, from, from, the, um, console freight time and, and now in the factor. Big shout to, to Martin Kensel, that's the, the CEO and co-founder, um, Lucas and, um, uh, Leah, that is not there anymore, but mm. it's great support. And um, Dennis as well. It's great. So big shout out to, to those guys. Like uh, they, they have been fantastic. They know what they're doing. They have been one of the first ones actually moving in this direction, the real world asset space. And um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a great team. And uh, you guys are, are you hiring now or bringing more people on the team? You mentioned that. Are, are you, you're in Ireland? Are people on the team completely remote or? Yeah, we have we have a kind of a base in Ireland because uh, people, few people in the team that are here, and we have a, a great Irish base. <laughs> uh, but we have people everywhere in the world. We have people in Croatia. We have people in India. We have people in the States, um, and some other parts in Europe, Spain, in in Poland. So it's fairly diverse. A team as well. We have people from whatever ethnicity you can, you can imagine as well. Um, and we, yeah, we're looking for people. We're looking for, for people in, in, in multiple areas. Uh, we're looking for people in the operations and the, in the kind of the liquidity side as well, the investor side, investor relationships. And um, yeah, cool. So there is someone that is interested. Please Hello. contact us. We, we, we want to hear about good talent. Sweet. Alejandro Gutierrez, I really appreciate your time, my man, and uh, keep crushing it. You know, you guys are early, so keep doing your thing. Don't worry about these people barking at you. Just stay focused and keep working. All right, my man. Take care. Mike, thank you very much for your time, man. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Around the Coin. If you enjoyed the show today, consider giving us a quick review wherever you listen to podcasts tweet about it or text it to a friend. We really appreciate all the support and growing that we can. If you have any guests you'd like us to bring on or feedback for us, don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.